Hi folks, welcome to What in the History, Part 3, Episode 23, The Crimean War. I am Dan Brady, and I am not joined by my co-host today. Um, <clears throat> so it's just going to be me, so sit back, enjoy. We're going to talk about the naval aspect of the Crimean War, and then we're going to talk about the end and, you know, the aftermath and stuff like that. So I hope you guys enjoy. Um, uh, you know, uh, we in part one and part two, we talked mostly about the land aspect of the Korean War. A lot of the fighting taking place on the Korean Peninsula. There's a lot of fighting taking place in the Caucasus Mountains. Um, but there was sea battles going on. Like the Sea of Azov, which is just north of the Black Sea. Um, it's only accessible by a narrow strait at Kerch. This body of water was an important part of the supply route uh, for the besieged gar garrison at Sevastopol. So very important place. Um, supplies came from Tangerong, the port city, a Rostov on Don in the far north of the Sea of Azov. In order to uh, intercept these supplies, the Allied uh, naval forces of gunboats and armed uh, steamers passed through the Kerch Strait in May 1855 and proceeded to attack all Russian installations in the Sea of Azov. So they were they were primarily going to shut down shut down the supply route, and we've talked before how to cripple an army you just had to take away their supply lines. That's how most wars are won. That's how. Uh, we beat Nazi Germany. That's how we beat the Confederates in the Civil War. Uh, just wear them down until uh, they have nothing left and nothing to fight with and nothing to feed their troops with. So Russian naval forces in the area of uh, as uh, the Sea of Azov uh, were virtually wiped out and coastal batteries and defenses were bombarded. Um, this was an attempt to besiege the city of Tagorog though this was unsuccessful, and this was also an attempt to reach the city of Rostov by sailing up the Don River, but this too failed. Um, Russian naval uh, units, as, as is the whole dialogue of this entire war, were inferior. Yeah, the Russians had more uh, men, but they were ill-equipped, ill-prepared. A lot of these Russian ships were just wood, um, the Navy was large, but it was still wooden hulled sailing ships, but the French and British had steam powered and were provided with the latest type of naval guns and steel armor. So the Russians were outmatched. They all were also less well trained than everybody else. Because we spoke earlier, a large part of their army was, uh, irregulars, guys that didn't have the normal training. So, the uh, Anglo-French fleet, or the Allied forces, remained in the Sea of Azov virtually unchallenged until late 1855. This severely restricted the flow of supplies to the garrison at Svestopol. Uh, the Baltic Sea is far distant from the Crimea, but this was also featured uh, naval combat in this location. The Baltic Sea was extremely important to Russia. Uh, the city of St. Petersburg lies at the far end of the Gulf of Finland, which itself is part of the Eastern Baltic. Baltic. Uh, the main base for the Russian fleet in the Baltic was 
Kronstadt on an island in the Gulf of Finland around 1,500 kilometers west of St. Petersburg. In April 1854, soon after the declaration of war, a large allied uh, fleet of British and French uh, entered the Gulf of Finland and attacked the base at Kronstadt. Uh, the outcome was not decisive, and in August 1854, an even larger Allied fleet, the biggest naval fleet assembled since the no Napoleonic Wars, uh, returned to the Baltic. The Russian Baltic fleet, heavily outnumbered, stayed in its base protected by powerful shore batteries, while the Allies attacked a number of smaller Russian ports and defenses uh uh, and the Gulf of Finland. So, you know, just trying to take the legs out from underneath the Russians. Uh, the naval action in the Baltic did not produce a decisive naval engagement, but it proved very damaging to the Russian war effort. Again, you take away the supply, uh, the supply routes, you take away the army. The Russian balance, um, the Russian, like, economy also depended heavily on the exports that were sent out through the Gulf of Finland. And if you can't do that, you can't pay your troops, you can't, again, pay your army. Uh, so the presence of a Allied fleet there essentially stopped all seaborne exports and imports to and from Russia. All exports and imports had to be made via the overland route through Prussia, which was a much more expensive and time-consuming journey. The presence of Allied naval units threatening St. Petersburg also forced the Russians to keep large armies in the area in case of an Allied landing. This prevented the transfer of troops from this area to the Crimea. There is also naval action in the White Sea, uh, which is just north of the Baltic Sea. In November 1854, a squadron of British warships shelled and virtually destroyed the town of Kola uh, through an attempt to storm the important park, part of Arkhagelsk failed. In the Far East, an Anglo-French naval force attacked the important city of on the Kamchi uh, peninsula. The attempt to take the city in it, September 1854 was beaten back, one of the few successful actions undertaken by the Russians against the Allied naval operations. Uh, so basically the Russians were getting their ass kicked on the water and on land as well. In the same theater, Allied landings at Sakhalin and on the Kuril Islands were successful but had little effect on the progress of war. Perhaps surprisingly, there was relatively little naval action in the Black Sea during this war. Before France and Britain joined the war, the Russian Black Sea fleet inflicted a number of defeats on the naval forces of the Ottoman Empire. But when the Allied fleet arrived in the uh, area in September 1854, they were not challenged by Russian warships. Instead, the Russian Black Sea Fleet remained in harbor in Sevastopol. During the siege of that city, these warships were sunk to block the harbor. And again, as mentioned in Part 2, the guns were taken off the ship to reinforce the city. So prior to the outbreak of the Crimean War, it was believed that the Russian Navy might be capable of fighting in equal terms against the warships of Britain and France. This proved to be an illusion. The poorly trained Russian sailors and gunners proved to be no match for the most modern naval technology 
with well-trained uh, crews. Although the naval campaign in the Baltic was an important strategic element in the war, it was clear that this conflict would be decided on land. So there, there is a naval aspect to this war, but it's not really important to the end game. Yeah, they took away the supply routes, but not a lot of fighting was done uh, on the whole. Although most, most of the fighting on land during this conflict took place on the Crimean Peninsula, again, there was also a series of battles in the Caucasus Mountains. These mountains formed a natural barrier between the southern extent of the Russian Empire and the northern edge of the Ottoman Empire. So, uh, after the Allied fleet arrived in the Black Sea, the Russian Navy in the area was no longer able to support its troops on land, and the fighting reduced in scale and intensity. Just as in other theaters, the bulk of casualties in the area were not caused by combat, but by disease. In the period of January to May 1855, the Ottoman army in the Cauc Caucasus was reduced from 120,000 to less than 75,000, mainly due to cholera and dysentery. It is believed that the Russian casualties were on a similar level. Uh, the fighting in the Caucasus continued through the rest of the war, but with few major gains for either side and no large-scale pitch battles to compare with the, those fought on the Crimean Peninsula. It was only late in the war that Russians would mount one final major attack against the Ottoman stronghold of Kars, the most important fortress of eastern Anatolia. Uh, the purpose of this attack was to relieve pressure on the siege of Sevastopol. The assault failed, though the city finally fell to the Russian for forces in November 1855. The siege of Sevastopol continued into the spring of 1855. Um, people... The public was very upset with the way uh, the war was going and the conditions that the British troops uh, endured during the siege of Sevastopol. Um, and this was combined with the horrors and blunders such as the charge of the Light Brigade uh, led directly to the resignation of the British Prime Minister, Lord Aberdeen. It's almost like when the public see what war is and what happens, they don't like it. Uh, in February 1855, a new government was formed under the control of Lord Palmerstone, who promised to take a much harder line on the war and ensured that it was uh, prosecuted with professionalism and vigor. So we're not only did we see a change of power in Russia, but we're seeing a change of power in Britain, too. Uh, in April 1855, a tramway was completed between the main British supply base at Balaklava and British positions around Sevastopol. Uh, throughout the winter, the supply situation had improved for British troops. They were finally provided with adequate warm clothing and food as well, because you kind of need that when you're fighting a war in a uh, winter climate. Additionally, guns and ammunition were also brought up until by early April, there were more than 500 French and British artillery pieces in position around the city. On Easter Sunday, uh, April 8th, 1855, these guns began a very fierce uh, bombardment on the defensive position in Sevastopol. During the next couple weeks, around 6,000 Russian defenders were killed by artillery fire. Uh, that also, it also adds to like the mental aspect of war too. You see it in other wars where artillery barrages are really used. Um, it's just, you don't know when it's coming. 
just the mental effects of it breaks somebody down uh, very severely. And in May and early June, there were a number of relatively small-scale attacks by British and French troops who were joined in May by 15,000 troops from the Kingdom of Sardinia, and Sardinia is now part of Italy which had joined a war against Russia. Then on June 7th, the French lost, launched a massive attack against the Mamelon and the Mal, Mal, Malakov, two of the largest Russian present, defensive positions. The French took the Mamelon but were driven back from the Malakova. Uh, they lost more than 5,000 men during this attack. In another attack on June 18th, the French gained little ground but suffered another 3,500 casualties. A uh, continuous bombardment by British and French artillery continued to take its toll on the defenders of Sevastopol. During June, Russian casualties averaged more than a thousand men every day. And in late June, the British commander-in-chief, Lord Raglan, suffered what seemed to be a bout of cholera leading to his death on June 28th. The bombardment of the city continued throughout the summer until early September. The British and French agreed to undertake a large-scale combined assault on Sevastopol. Uh, a massive bombardment began on September 5th and continued for three days. Then around midday on September 8th, the combined assault began. Uh, the French were successful in their uh, attempt to storm the Malakova. Uh, the British assault on the Ridden proved more difficult in part due to the rocky terrain, but the eventual outcome was the taking of both of these important positions. Russian forces counterattacked and savage fighting continued until evening, but the Ridden and the Malakova uh, remained in allied hands. In the evening... Allied troops in these positions watched as Russian troops streamed out of the area, uh, crossing bridges to the north side of the harbor and abandoning the ruined city. On September 11th, Russian forces burned the last remaining warships in the Sevastopol harbor. After 11 months, the siege was finally over. The final French attack uh, cost the French more than 7,000 uh, casualties, including five generals killed. The British lost over 2,000, and the Russian more than 12,000, including two generals. So very severe fighting, especially when generals are getting killed. It had been estimated that the Russians lost in total more than 100,000 men during the siege of Sevastopol. Allied forces suffered 70,000 casualties, but that does not include the deaths due to disease. Uh, the siege was a central part of the Crimean War, and the loss of the city of Sevastopol was a major blow to Russian prestige and the confidence and the abilities of its military forces. So, you know, this is going to become a trend for Russians. Uh, over the next, you know, World War I, World War II, they just throw bodies at the situation and they lose a lot of guys. Uh, you know, Stalingrad, over 2 million Russians died. Like, that's just Russian military history. They just throw bodies at a problem because they don't care about their people. Dissatisfaction caused by uh, the Crimean War affected many of their participants. The Ottoman Empire was already weakened by internal strife um, and was further undermined by the war. And Britain's dissatisfaction caused by the high casualties and a perception of incompetent leadership led to a number of demonstrations against the war. So we have anti-war protesters, something virtually unheard of in Britain. 
Uh, and Russia failures during the war also led to dissent and dissatisfaction. In February, a peasant revolt of uh, February of 1855, a peasant revolt which began. Uh, um, spread across the whole of Kiev with peasants refusing to particip participate in government later, labor. They were supported by the Cossacks, who were also attacked priests who thought to be secretly supporting the government. In France, there is a widespread dissatisfaction at the very high level of casualties in return for what was seen as vague objectives. So, for the first time in history, really, we're, we're seeing groups of people dissatisfied uh, with a war because they're, they're able to get regular reports from what's going on and just seeing the, the death not only in combat but in the trenches and the horrible conditions these guys are suffering. Uh, with the fall of Sevastopol, there was a little point in continuing the war and the uh, Allied forces were not strong enough to mount any large-scale invasion of Russia, and it was clear that there was no public support for such an action. The Ottoman Empire had been fought to a standstill in the Caucasus, and the loss of the fortress of Kurs was a major blow. The Russian economy was suffering due to the blockade in the Gulf of Finland, and the very fabric of Russian society seemed to be threatened by internal revolt. By the end of 55, all sides were very willing to consider how to best bring the Crimean War to the to an end, and in February 1856, the Congress of Paris was held to end the war. This was achieved in March with the signing of the Treaty of Paris. This treaty caused almost as much dissatisfaction as the war did. The British and French agreed to return Sevastopol and the whole of the Crimean Peninsula to Russia, making people in both countries question why so many soldiers had to die there to protect it. Uh, the Russians were forced to return Kurs and the and the Danubian principalities to the Ottoman Empire. The Russians also agreed to demilitarize the Black Sea, not to build naval bases or defensive positions there. All the great powers agreed to respect independence and the territorial integrity of the Ottoman Empire. The Treaty of Paris lasted for just 15 years. In 1871, France was defeated by Prussia in the Franco-Prussian War, and as a direct result, the French Empire was ended with Emperor Napoleon III was disposed, and the Third French Republic was proclaimed. So, for the most part, Russians simply ignored these provisions of the Treaty of Paris, which prevented it from creating naval places in the Black Sea. Russian assumed correctly that neither Britain nor France was willing to risk another unpopular war over Russian uh, power in the Black Sea. Russian continued to be regarded as one of the great powers despite the military and organizational failings exposed by the Crimean War. These failings came to surface again in the Russo-Japanese War of 1905 and the First World War. Results and Revolts and insurrections which grew in strength during the Crimean War finally swept away Imperial Russia and completely in, in the Revolution of 18, or 1917. Figures, Johnny asked a question in part two, and I just gave him the answer, and he's not here for it. Uh, the Ottoman Empire, the so-called sick man of Europe, continued its slow and seemingly inexorable decline before its final collapse in 1923, which saw the establishment in its place of the modern secular nation-state of Turkey, with Kemal Atatürk as its pro uh, president. 
the Crimean War had little effect on the Ottoman Empire beyond perhaps accelerating its final collapse. The Second French Empire lasted only another 15 years into defeat by Prussia, and it led to the creation of a new republic. French had, France had no real interest in the Black Sea, and without Napoleon III, there was never any real danger that France would once again find itself fighting against Russia and the Crimea. The British uh, Empire continued much as before with the policy of splendid isolation becoming even more pronounced as the 19th century progressed. In part, this increasing isolation was due to the reaction of the Crimean War. This war was seen as pointless and wasteful. Most people did not understand why British troops should have died not to protect British interests, but to prop up the tottering Ottoman Empire. For the next 50 years, Britain did all that it could to separate itself from European affairs. The Austrian Empire, though not directly involved in the Korean War, was affected by it nevertheless. The military failures of the Russian Empire, they were a former ally of the Austrian Empire, helped to convince the Austrians that they had to look elsewhere in uh, Europe for strong allies. They moved closer to Prussia, growing stronger all the time, and soon to challenge and defeat France. The Austrian Empire became Austrian-Hungary. Austria-Hungary in 1867 remained an alliance with Prussia, which evolved in a, into a Germany with imperial ambitions. When the First World War began in 1914, Austria-Hungary found itself fighting alongside Germany and against its former ally, the Russian Empire. The Korean War helped... Uh, to change Europe, not directly by conquest or occupation, but by influencing public opinion and politics in all the countries involved. It also represented a transition in warfare itself from the stately maneuvering of the Napoleonic era to the destructive power of uh, rapid-fire weapons in World War I. Uh, the Crimean War has not been seen at has, can be seen as the first truly modern war. It introduced the horrors of trench warfare, and it showed for the first time how vulnerable cavalry was to modern breech-loading rifles. It saw combat involving steam-powered ironclad warships, and it used railways for logistical support. This was also the first war to involve uh, regular uh, reporting from the battlefield by newspapers, and the use of photographs to convey images of conflict. All these things would become relatively commonplace later, first in the American Civil War and then in the First World War. The Korean War can also be seen as the last of the Great Imperial Wars. This war directly involved four of the great empires of the world, and the fifth, the Austrian Empire, was involved by periphery. Uh, by the end of the First World War, only one of these empires, the British, would still exist. Yet the enduring images of the Crimean War are of confusion and waste. Few people in Britain and France really understood why their troops were involved in fighting uh, the Russians in the distant Crimea, a place in which neither country had any interest. These blunders would characterize this war and events such as the Charge of the Light Brigades, the near starvation of the troops besieging Sevastopol and the massive death toll on all sides due to disease and inadequate medical treatment combined with confusion about war aims led to um, 
widespread dissatisfaction in home at home in all the countries involved perhaps the dissent is why the crimean war is one of the least remembered major wars of the 19th century we we see it throughout history and some of the episodes that we have done like the Aleutian battle of the Aleutian islands the Korean war if it's not supported by the people then it's not remembered um you know, which is which is kind of a surprise why the Vietnam War is still remembered. But it, I think that's probably because there was so much dissent about it. But who knows, really? Um, yeah, so the Crimean War is, on the whole, completely forgotten. And, you know, I think it comes from a lot of the, again, the military blunders. Just the Russians just being so easily manhandled in so many situations um it really showed their weakness at the time even though they were the greatest empire in europe you know and the dissatisfaction and the the anger from the citizens of france and britain and the ottoman empire and russia i think that all combines to you know make us forget this war but uh i i hope you enjoyed this episode i know this last uh, part three was probably a little too much information since it was just me talking. But uh, again, both me and Johnny enjoy uh, doing this. We love that you guys listen. Uh, so thank you so much for your support. Uh, please go like us on Facebook or Instagram at What in the History Pod. Uh, again, you're listening to us on a major streaming platform. Please like, review, uh, share wherever possible. Uh, let your friends know about us. We got some big plans for the next uh, couple of months um, in terms of revitalizing the way we do this show. Um, so thank you guys for being a part of it so far. We just recently hit a thousand listens. So thank you so much. We appreciate you. And uh, for What in the History, I'm Dan Brady. Until next time. It was a moonless night, I was 18 years old Life was going nowhere It was midnight at the railroad tracks Miles away from anywhere I said my turn Didn't look quite how I figured Green suit and black hair Smile on his face, ribbons on his chest He seemed to walk on air He promised to get me out of this town some wealthy and brave I travel the world be powerful but a slave until my grave now it's raining in the desert I said always gotta rain on me I'm just another other Devil's dogs Would they ever want with me? He grinned, I signed my name Tie 
Oh, 